What's up, guys? On this episode of the Andrew Cordell Podcast, I'm sitting down with my two buddies, Danny and Drew, from HGTV. They had a show called Renovate to Rent, and uh, they're awesome apartment complex investors. If you guys want to learn about apartment complex and investing, check out this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Money Is Built For More. Here on Money Is, we're gonna different TV series. And this TV series on Money Is has to do with Built For More, meaning how to use real estate to create wealth in your life. I'm staying on top of the building right now. And this building is owned by a couple of my friends named Danny and Drew, stars of a hit TV show on HGTV called Renovate To Rent. And these two guys from college started buying up rental properties and now they got into building apartment complexes. And matter of fact, the building I'm on, like I said, is actually owned by them. It's called Bricks and Mortar in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it is an absolute gorgeous day here in Minnesota. Now I'm going to interview them next. And we're going to talk about how they use real estate, how they built real estate to create wealth, how they use real estate to build wealth. Money means a lot of things to different people. But until you have money, money's kind of relevant in your life. You have to have the money for money to have some value to you. So how do you use money? How do you get money? Follow us along this TV series as we talk about how to build wealth using real estate. All right, so we're here in Minneapolis. And I uh, say it right? Yeah. Make sure, okay. You got it. I get me freaked out over it. Minneapolis. Here in Minneapolis, <laughs> and uh, Danny and Drew, uh, we're on a building that you guys uh, manage here in Minneapolis. Yep. And uh, and then you guys have lots of houses, developments going on here. We'll get to that in a second. Let's back up to where you guys got started from, though. You guys right now are both 36 years old, uh, newly married recently. Ah, uh, within the last four years. Yeah. Uh, married how long ago? Give this. Uh, we got date. married in. Oh shit. You're gonna put this me on the spot. The I think you said there April. There's 12 questions. There's 20. Thirteen or fourteen? We say, we say May, April. April twelfth. April twelfth. Twenty thirteen or fourteen? March tenth. What are we? Two thousand nineteen. Two thousand fifteen or sixteen? Okay, so we're next. <laughs> you guys look good. You look. Good I know how old my son is. We'll He's two years up. old. <laughs> and now you both also have your first kids as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, son. Son. Daughter. Daughter. Yeah, right. It's the best. All right. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's back all the way up though. Let's go back to college. You guys met in college. Uh, you both went to what college? Uh, University of Florida. Florida. Uh, it's Florida Gators. Florida Gators. Yeah. What made you go there? Where are you originally from? Well, I'm from Minneapolis. Okay, so what made me go there was uh, intelligence to say, let me get out of this cold okay. and get into the warmth. Strictly weather-based. Yeah. I want, Strictly weather. And whoever would accept me. It was a combination <laughs> of two. The two needed was a Venn diagram, and there's pretty much the only school that fell in the middle is the University of Florida. Except Drew. Yes. <laughs> and uh, what made you go? I grew up in South Florida, and uh, okay. Florida actually offers a great like scholarship-type program that keeps people in state. Gotcha. So I actually went to school for free. Gotcha. So you you were already in Florida, but you were South yeah, Florida. Exactly. So that's still about a four-hour four drive, right? Yeah, yeah. You were up here. Yep. And then you guys didn't know each other. Yep. Never knew each know other. Each other. All right, you go to you go to University of Florida. How do you meet? Where do you meet at? 
we're on a <laughs> campus. It's orientation, so it's actually fr- freshman year. Fr- freshman year, actually, most freshmen start in June to yeah. try to get acquainted with the campus it's because it's like what 60,000 people that go. There's more like five or six thousand. So it just allows you to get yeah used to the school, find your way around without having a gazillion other people mm-hmm. there. And as we're going through orientation, there's a guy that I had been with, partied with the night before, and randomly. Uh, that is pause. So before college started, you were already partying. Yes. Yeah, like one day into but, it. Uh, is that that big of a size? Like four years before college started, I started partying. Early. <laughs> yes. And you showed up to party. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. Network. Let's call it uh, network. network. Let's call it business networking. Yeah. Network. I was having beers. There's no <laughs> yeah. question about it. <laughs> All right. So you were there freshman year, uh, or early orientation. Yes. All right. And uh, so the guy I was partying with the night before, I saw him walking across campus, and I just ran up and said hello. Sure enough, he was with Danny. And so we started talking and natural conversation. And Danny and I actually ended up really engaging and like finding like more common ground. And the other guy was like a kind of a weirdo. (laughs) Uh, And believe it or not, after that day, Danny and I exchanged numbers. He and I became friends. We never saw that other guy on campus. Never never once. That's an angel that just put us together. And then never disappeared. (laughs) That's right. Never partied with a dude again. Vanished. Poof. Yep. Freshman year. Yeah. You guys meet freshman year through an angel, mm-hmm. <laughs> become pretty much best friends. Yeah, right away. I've hung four, out with you guys yeah. before. You guys are really, really close at yep. this point. Uh, from that day four freshman year, you guys have been together, hanging out nonstop, right? I mean, exactly. It's always together, yeah. right? Yeah. You guys go through college, a little bit of background there. What degree did you get? Uh, didn't. We dropped out of college after our junior both, year. Both did. Yeah, okay, both dropped out. <laughs> fill out the Bill Gates process. Yep. And uh, yep. both, both, both uh, brilliant, brilliant. I think we have more of the drive. <laughs> it's not necessarily the You guys have the that smart. entrepreneur yeah. spirit, right? Yes, exactly. So you guys, yeah. junior year, yep. what were you studying? Was it anything to do with real estate? I was studying entrepreneurship. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Entrepreneurship. Finance and general okay. business. So All right, so you guys. A, what a spectacular degree. Well, you guys, <laughs> uh, junior year, decide you're done, you drop out, you go where? Uh, back up a little bit because I think that there's okay, a story that on. yeah that this together yeah well and my junior year while I was studying abroad my best friend came out and visited me in Italy he got murdered while I was actually out there you're in Italy studying abroad yes your best friend at that time goes comes out not Danny my best friend from like grade school yeah, and yeah, growing up, you grew up with comes out to hang out with you to hang out on his spring break yeah and gets murdered out in oh, Italy okay. while I was there I mean, crazy. Yeah. Uh, without getting into the, the, the whole story, uh, my whole world turns upside down. Okay. I go into a whole, um, you know, bout of depression. Yeah, yeah. Um, and end up going down to Florida um, over that summer to just try to reevaluate everything. Prior to all of that happening, Dan and I had been working on like a business plan for um, a, kind of a college campus like social networking site. Okay. And um, that's kind of where I ended up pouring all of my energy into. Danny happened to be down in Florida at the same time um, and we just basically worked on that. That's the only thing I wanted to focus on. Um, and we wrote this business plan and ultimately got it funded. And we were kind of left with the decision. We took a half million dollar investment to start our business. Crazy. Or do we go back to college? Yeah, it's interesting too that when we both had similar drives. Like, if I said the city in Florida, Boca Raton is a very affluent area. You said the city yeah. that Drew grew up in, in Dinah, Minnesota, very affluent area. So we were surrounded by that affluence. 
but neither of us had it. Had, had it. it. Yeah. Had it. As soon as we graduated college, it was we're on our own, and yeah, that's why I went to University of Florida because it was a free school for me. Gotcha. Like, I worked all the way through high school, so I got to save up and have extracurricular stuff, you know, throughout the weekends. But um, so we had that drive from the very beginning. We saw all this money and all this wealth surrounding us. We had that drive. We really wanted to. I mean, that's why we. That's why we took the risk and left school early. You guys start this social media networking mm-hmm. site. Um, just, just to put a time frame there, is this before Facebook, MySpace? Exactly as Facebook starts launching. MySpace is b- getting big. Okay. Friendster was bigger. Okay. Facebook is just launching. Wow. So you were right in the cut. You saw it in college. We did. Yep. We saw You saw the opportunity there. The social networking. Yeah. You guys build out your own sort of social networking site. And I think it, uh, 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 you sort of glazed over it, but it's crazy. You guys get raised capital of half a million bucks to launch your social network site. Yep. The idea was that strong. And during the time, one of our, you know, I guess our value propositions was go on to MySpace and we always reference the celebrity because she was popular back then. But if you type in Paris Hilton, you get like yeah. a 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 different Paris Hilton. So it was no really certified celebrity program. Gotcha. And that was one of the value propositions that we were adding. And we had a lot of relationships. We actually partnered up with Nick Lachey. So oh, no he way. was able- uh, 98 degrees. Yes. Degrees. Dude, he was like- At the time though, hold on. Yeah, yeah but at the time it was the newlyweds. He was yeah, big yeah. in the newlyweds. Yeah. yeah, so he had a very strong brand and he wow. was able to open up doors with you know, athletes, musicians, celebrities. Wow. And we had such a huge database of all this amazing content from you know Jonas Brothers and Rihanna and I, I, yeah, dude, because Justin Timberlake all saying go to our website, which was, it, you know, we're young guys. It's stamp, huge. Like yeah, massive absolutely. Stamp. Yeah. And it's crazy because uh, I'm just thinking back at that time. I was in, we were in college at the same time. Newlyweds was like the hit show. It's like the first major like, like yes, reality, reality show. Reality. Yeah. Jessica Simpson launches, I think, becomes from there, like really launches her career into like uh, clothing. I guess what really drove her to becoming, open the doors to become a billionaire, yep. uh, her company at least, uh, was through that newlywed show. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge show. You guys partner with, with Nick Lachey, and which is They massive. were divorced at that. Well, our site launches pretty much in parallel to him announcing his divorce. Yep. Yeah. So tons of media on him, and all he was trying we to do was deflect. This, all this, like, this music tour that we're going to follow him, and that was like our perfect target market, like all of his fans. It was a really, really good marketing strategy, really good plan that we had. So what really ended up happening, <laughs> Dan and I, marketing, ideas, we got it, funding, we got, got it. it. Okay, what's the, what the social networking is going to be all about? What's the missing element? Technology. We don't got it. We don't understand it. We don't know how to write code. Didn't know how to manage our website. Didn't know what how to integrate our concepts and ideas with the user interface. All of it was just really difficult for us to get, so we just outsourced that. Yep. And ultimately, whoever we hired to bring it on built a faulty website that couldn't scale. It was a shell. Even before that, like we had a massive launch party out of New York. Like once we had all this content, wow. and it's you know for our database, and we had every single network covering it. I mean, it was NBC, VH1, and VH1, Good Morning America, yeah. Yeah, MTV. It was great. Hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people came within those couple days and literally launching this launching in social media and site. Just couldn't handle the track. And the site bogs down. Yeah. Yeah. It's like building a, a, a weak foundation and all of a sudden you have all these people living there, it just goes. Because that was the one if you look back now, hindsight is twenty twenty, look at Zuckerberg 
he was, he was able to write the code. code. Yeah. 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 It was his exactly. whole thing, right? Yeah. Like he, he was, was able all to write the code. Yeah. code, software development. That was his big thing. Every one of them don't know it or do it themselves. Yeah. And you guys were all the brain behind the marketing, building it, getting the celebrities in. We needed a promoting third partner it. to write code. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing and like heartbreaking. Heartbreaking yeah. at the same time because you think about like what would have happened if you guys would have. I don't want to bring uh, up the bad memories here, but no, what would yeah, have I mean, happened? My space, guys- like soon after, sold for half a billion dollars, wow. and that was probably a weak valuation at that point. Oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, at that point, I mean, no yeah. one knew how. Popular. And they were actually a weak product. I mean, they didn't stand the test of time. Yeah, um, so I mean, it was. Wow. It was and Facebook's we were, worth what right now? Uh, I didn't know. Uh, a trillion? trillion. You're getting yeah, yeah the trillion dollar valuations yeah. and growing basically. Right. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. So yeah. I don't think probably most people don't know that about you guys. I know. I, I mean, I, I'm friends with you. Right. And I, I do remember one time we had a conversation about. It. I think we were in Vegas. Maybe not the depth of it. And not the depth of yeah. it. But I think we, we threw out this idea that you guys were, were did back in the day. But you guys were right there on the verge of, that cusp there. of really being not even here anymore. Totally no. different. Totally Everything different. different. Probably different, different wives, different kids. Yeah. Whole life. Whole yeah. Life. Multiple oh, yeah. illegitimate children yeah, for nanny for Danny. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> STDs. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Saving. Yeah, it's yeah. actually saving. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, you, you, this sort of. So we're not going to put, negative. Yeah. It sort of falls apart. Well, yeah, oh, so it we're falls trying apart. trying to put out fires. We're trying to scramble and see how we can rebuild this thing. Okay. We talked to another like technology company. They're like, you guys have to scrap everything. Start all the way start over. Start all over. And at that time, you know, the, the, you know, the users are fickle. Time, energy, money. Celebrities are fickle. fickle. And it's and like, it just, it just, we just missed our opportunity. Missed the shot. Twitter came in and they started a verified celebrity program as well. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Twitter was the first one to do that, wasn't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. They were actually the second one to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the first one to do it successfully. Second one. Yep. And uh, wow. Yeah, it was. I mean, so, we were left bankrupt, embarrassed, and tail between our legs. So at that point, you guys are how old? 24. 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, that had to be like a massive go back to like almost the point of depression again. Oh, for him. He 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 and I perceive and and and, and uh, process things very differently. Okay. He, you were really stuck. It like I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe. And by the way, I felt the same way. Sure, but with everything in line, oh. it's like the one thing that you pay so much money for to 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 expect to work was the one thing that failed us. Right? Yeah. That, How tough was it to get all these celebrities to back us? That would be the to me. That's the hard part. Exactly. Like even now doing these interviews. Yeah. It's the hard part getting you guys. That's the hard part. Right. The, the the hard part was not building the website that hosts yeah. that. You it's know like I mean? if you just double punch the camera and just like, oh, okay, yeah, we have no no film. <laughs> right. Yeah. Obviously, your website was a lot more technical and so forth, but that's right. the one thing that you don't really think about bringing you down yeah. was that one piece. He also had a financial weight on him because he had bought a condo that he yeah. really no longer could afford. So we were short-term kind of like living in Los Angeles because that's a lot of where the access was. And okay. We actually moved back to Minneapolis to kind of downsize, and I, I had a condo at that time. We moved to Minneapolis in February. People don't understand where February is in Minneapolis. It's like depressing as it is. Yeah. And it gets dark at like 3.30. It's the most depressing thing yep. ever. As you, you, you were trying to figure things out, I've got a condo that I can't afford. About to go through foreclosure. I'm racking up credit card debt just uh, to pay for the condo. About what year was this to give reference? 2007. 2007. Yeah, 6 of 7. So February 2007. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wow. 
So it's yeah. about to get worse. The market's about to get worse. Yeah, and right? I've got credit card debt of $60,000. And that is, the you know, at that time, it's still a lot of money. But at that time, that's the biggest way. I, I, don't, I don't see how I can see right. You're looking the light ahead at the end of the saying, tunnel. There's, there's no just, way out of this right. thing. And yeah. bankruptcy was, for me, and foreclosure was the only option. And that was a scary thing. There's a valid and, option you're about to yeah. get to. And for me, my concern was him moving out of Minnesota and for the partnership to break up because it was actually a really good partnership. Yeah. It just was the wrong industry to be in. Yeah. And I start going into survival mode of what can I do to get him to stay and what can we do to figure out a business so it makes sense for us to be together. Right. So you guys, you're afraid the partnership may, if he moves back. If he goes back to Florida, I mean, I could have easily followed him. The problem is I just never love Florida for business. I just don't like the culture there. I don't like the people's value system. Uh, I just... Minnesota was the right. Not to shit on Florida, but oh, yeah. Minnesota happens I, to be the exact. I live there, just yeah. live there. It's the exact opposite. And he grew up there. And my dad lives there. My grandpa lives there. It's just a totally different culture for business. I think it's just more sharky. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, a, it's more sharky. That's exactly right. So maybe it might be tougher barrier to entry to, 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 to try to do what you want to do. It's different. And, and uniquely in Florida, every city in Florida also has a little bit different vibe. Totally different. To its own. Yep. So just in Florida, you have like multiple things. It was the same thing in like LA and San Fran. Right, both business oriented, but different styles of business, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so you guys are up here now. Uh, 2007, you're going through fighting depression, 60 grand, foreclosure, bankruptcy. Partnership is, you guys are connected, but it's, it's it could go either way really at this point. Not because yeah. you hit each other. No, no it could have easily gone to anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, so pick us up from there, what happened? So I don't know where, I, I remember thinking, I want to buy real estate. Okay. Um, and I don't remember what our first conversation was, but I do remember bringing it up and he, him being like, I was thinking the same thing. Okay. And so I mean, it was like... Light, that light bulb. It was like a weird type of kind of... A, and and no of background in real estate. Uh, my grandpa was a, owned some property and was a property manager, but... And other, I was apprenticed to a carpenter and, you know, I always had a fascination with, with real, real estate and... And no, I mean, like, you know, back to where we grew up, my friend's family was extremely wealthy. Why? Because of real estate. His friend's family was extremely wealthy because of real estate. We always knew that was like the end point. A, a vehicle. A vehicle yeah, to get vehicle. there. And, I mean, you but know, But you didn't come from a real estate family is what no, I'm saying. No, no. It wasn't no like your parents owned no 200 houses oh, and all that stuff. No, there was no, like, real estate... No. Or you, where you could go to your mom and dad or, or brother and say, okay, how do we do this? Let's oh, get started, right? So you guys are going to jump into a new business venture, really, right? yep. which is investing. You're in Minneapolis. Uh, this whole show is called Built for More mm -hmm. on real estate, right? 2007, uh, you guys want to go to real estate. Where's the start? So it's, what we saw was a market opportunity around the University of Minnesota because right. we knew from just being not that far removed from being a college student that all those kids at the U would have to bid on properties and houses just to get the right house for them. There was such a great demand and such a small supply that we were even thinking about, hey, do we make a new website where we create the bidding system for somebody to go in, look at a property, and then they bid, and then the, the landlord ultimately gets the highest offer because right. people are doing it online. And then we're like, eh, maybe we shouldn't do another website. <laughs> How about let's just be the landlord? So you really started going back website side, pull the brakes on it. Yeah. Okay, let's not do that. Let's just go own everything. Do you remember that? I hadn't uh, thought yeah, I about that in a long time. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting that you said that. Uh, so that was our kind of our intuition and our gut feeling. We actually did research to show that University of Minnesota 
Minnesota was one of the top public schools in terms of enrollment with the okay. least amount of housing. Housing so, supply so now, demand. Yeah, exactly. So now we actually have data to support that as well. Your, your, your gut feeling now. Yep. And yep. it's an important note because I would say that, and, and you guys give me your opinion here, how much of real estate is data-driven <laughs> and gut feeling? It's interesting. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. Yeah. For us, it's almost 100% gut. And that's one of the things we struggle with. Okay. We're not data guys. Um, okay. And we partner with data guys. Uh, and we seek out data guys' input okay. to confirm our assumptions and our gut and our instinct. Been right with the neighborhood so far. They've been right with everything. With the type of tenant that we're trying to attract. So you guys go through a neighborhood. Make you guys go through a neighborhood. You're trying to get a gut feeling that hey, this is right. I'm in the right area, the right pocket, right city. College is here. It all logically makes sense. Once you have that, you go get a data guy that specializes in data, if you will, to try to confirm what your gut feeling is telling you. Yep. So yes. Had, yeah. So we started off at Vesting University of Minnesota. And we're like, okay, where are these kids moving to after University of Minnesota? Okay. And we invested in, in that neighborhood. It's called Uptown, which is almost like college 2.0, a roommate sharing type of situation. Okay. Bought a bunch of properties there. And then we saw other areas and other pockets of Minneapolis that was really exploding with other, you know, strong restaurant tours that we know and, you know, close to proximity to, to mass transit. So there was other things that we feel like there are certain neighborhoods would really explode. Let me ask you this. Let me go back to a second. Yeah. Have you ever bought a house, apartment building, whatever, built something and you guys build now? Have you ever bought those on a gut feeling without data and it burnt you? We've never lost yeah. money on any deal. Never lost it. Okay, cool. No. Interesting point. All right, so uh, you guys, 2007, you see the data, you see the opportunity. Let's just talk about basically how do you buy, if you can share with the viewers, how did you buy that first house? Uh, it's funny. And it was a uh, rental, right? Yeah, but what? so we were right bordering the line of like the market crashing and financing still be available for anybody who just signed their name. Yep, that's right. So Seven. we just... Income verification. So you hit the market. In 2007, literally, if you had like a, they used to say, if you could fog a mirror, yep. you could yes. get a loan. We fog. We fog. You fog barely, <laughs> but you fog, yes. right? Uh, so combined, you guys fog one mirror. No, actually, wrong. We fogged one mirror. I fogged one mirror. Okay. Danny fogged the second mirror, okay. and we got our first two properties. You did two. Did actually, you, I fogged the first one you fogged. That's correct. That's correct. And did you guys <laughs> almost like back to back type of thing, like within a month or two? Or is it like. It was pretty close, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you guys say, oh, let's both go get one. Yep. Partners, though, but both. Get yep. One. You go get the first one. Yep. Fog and mirror. Bank lends you the money. You go right behind. Boom. You do yep. it. Uh, now you own two rentals. Are they single family? Both single family. Both single family. At the U of M. And your and your focus target market is college students still. Correct. Yep. Is it shared housing? Like four yes. four kids to a room or something? Or I know. Uh, yep. Exactly. Right. Yep. They all rent like a room and then a communal. Kitchen. Our first group of tenants are actually girls that ended up doing the Playboy Girls of the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, wow. Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we look at real estate as a wealth deal goal. Look at it. Our tenants are terrific. It's a perfect you, situation. You crushed it. Your yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. So these are your it, it was downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> from all there, that was the honeymoon. Okay, from there, your brain says, this is working. Yes. This is working. Mm -hmm. You guys are making cash flow. Yep. But Mark is about to crash. Yep. What happens? Well, what happens is the most obvious thing ever. It's properties that we were willing to pay 230 244 are now selling for 150 and my rents are skyrocketing. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's like everybody still needs to rent. Nobody can buy anymore. And it's like, still yeah, it's just increasing. Now we just try to figure out how can we do as much as possible before the market totally corrects. The unique thing I think a lot of people think about or forget about in real estate, when appreciation crashes, mm. uh, rents go up. Yeah. It's like the opposite effect of each other, right? Yep. Because now supply and demand kicks in. You can't fog a mirror. You can't get a loan. Right. It removes those home buyers. 
which means if they're not going to buy it, they have to rent, which then drives rent prices back up. And so, our whole initial strategy was the buy and hold strategy. We didn't. You always wanted it. We wanted to hold properties for the long term and pay debt down as quick as possible. I think I heard something about you guys that you have to date have never sold a house. Is that true? We've sold one property just because a guy who bought it next to us was a um, uh, just had bought a commercial property. He needed parking. He was willing to pay probably. 50% more than it was It was worth. a number you couldn't walk away exactly. from. Exactly. It wasn't on the market for sale. You weren't necessarily trying to sell it per se. Yeah. This guy bought it and needed it for yep. his career was, if mm-hmm. you will. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yep. Your, your, tell, me, tell me about this. Tell me, wrapping this thing up here, tell me about the future. What do you guys see in your guys' future for future developments? Do you want to move out of out of, uh, I'm not going to say, I'm just going to say Minnesota. <laughs> do you want to move out of Minnesota or do you want to stay right here at home? Have you thought about it? I'd like to move out of Minnesota just for the winter months. Yeah. I love it in the summer. It's the greatest yeah, place on earth. Yeah, 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 it's right now. amazing. Um, it's a good question. There's a, For me, there's enough to do here. Do like, I mean, I, I'm exhausted with just the amount of deal flow that we could look at. It's like, have my blinders on, focus on what we know well. And let's I, say we built all these ones that we're talking about. Everything's rented, everything's done. Where do we five see years us? On the road. Five years. And all those five are done. All these you got going on. Five years. I think, I think we were able to answer five years ago where we would be today. I'm not sure if I'm able to answer five years from now. My answer will revolve around a work life, a work life balance yeah. because there's not, there's only so much that you can like. We've achieved enough financially that we like don't need to go and do more. So it's got to be a value add to our lives. So if like Dan and I were like, hey, let's go do a project in Aspen, Colorado, because it's gonna be fun to do it. You would let's do it down there, yeah. vacationing, or down in Miami. Let's like go work on a project there. Awesome. Yeah, we might be able to handpick our projects that we want. It's a get-to, not a have-to let's, let's wrap it up. The final thing here, this whole conversation that I talk about is money, mm-hmm. right? And I think that a lot of times in life, uh, a lot of times as families that grew up, I grew up with not a lot of money. Uh, it's almost like the word money is almost like a taboo word. Yes. And it's almost like you're not supposed to talk about it. It's kind of, uh, you know, you can't talk about, we always say you can't talk about sex or, or politics, religion, and, and money Correct. as a kid, right? And there's always sex, but you don't even mention that word. Yeah. <laughs> but, but. Those are the four things I like talking about most. Those are yeah. things yeah. you do, right? Uh, but, you know, it's almost like, and I want to have this thing where I'm trying to get people to have authentic conversations about money. It's impossible to that. have money until you at least understand it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, you can't understand politics until you start talking about it, debating it, and not 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 trying to prove your point. Just have a conversation about it, mm-hmm. right? But money is one of those things that I feel like, even in life for myself, I had, I you know, as I got older, I started talking about politics more and establishing my viewpoints, right or wrong, these are my viewpoints. Then, you know, you start going into religion, do you like it, not like it, agree with it, right? But it took me a while to have a conversation about money. Mm-hmm. And I just think about what did I lose out, not on money, but on what money provides in that time frame right mm-hmm. there. And I like where you're going with it, Drew, because you were talking about it has to be a value add to my life if you went to Aspen or to the next project. So if you talk about money for a second, wrapping this thing up, I'm going to end it with asking the question what money is blank to you. Um, but let's talk about right now, just in general. Is it fair to say that money has... Maybe use the word altered your lives. Oh, completely. In a good or bad way, it it does kind of move to different sides, right? Having or not having it. Kind of question. There's no no question. I mean, again, our backgrounds, I mean, I grew up, I mean, my my, my parents weren't wealthy by any means, just hardworking, you know, uh, middle class type of family. So, uh, 
money has completely altered everything to not only for our family, uh, but you know, my, I, I know what my money is blank. You know that answer and right I'll, now. And I'll lead to that. Um, but having the ability to do something else that you want to do with your time. So yeah. money is to me, it's flexibility, right? It allows, nice it allows you to, to do what you want to do, whether that might be start another charity, maybe you know, spend more time with your family, travel more, do something with your passion. Money is flexibility. With if we were working eight to five, you wouldn't have that flexibility have of time. It. It's the most priceless, priceless commodity that we have. It's time. It's time. And, and to me, money provides what you really, really want, which is time. Yep. I think that people that chase money never really get it because it's an endless chase of it. Hundred percent. It, it's like it's like they're focused on the journey of money versus the destination. Mm -hmm. And and to me, money was a destination. And meaning that it wasn't that I wanted money to be rich or greedy. I wanted money to do. This. You want to yeah. in, in your terminology, right. flexibility. Exactly. I wanted flexibility. Drew, I'm gonna go to you. Uh, I know money. You said money's altered your life so far, uh, good or bad. But let's talk about the one word. Uh, if we talk about money is blank, what is that one word to Drew? Money is blank. I, I mean, to, I have to include it with health because without health, money is nothing. Um, so it's money plus health is freedom, and uh, it's, it's the freedom to do what you want and enjoy your life. I will tell you this though: there's this point of diminishing returns uh, on money and freedom. Like above a certain amount, to me, there's almost no in incremental gain. Like if you have, call it, just say a million dollars, if not a million, just to pay it out. Once you have above that, I don't know that you're getting any incremental, any more incrementally free out of any of that. And in fact, it may even yeah. come with more complications. Yeah. So there's like a kind of a sweet spot there um, that um, I think makes it. And I think you're onto something, Jim, because yeah. all of you that I've talked to, no one's brought that up yet. Because again, it's like the journey, right? If you just keep going on the journey of, of a million, now I gotta have two million, mm -hmm. now I gotta have five, Chase, now I gotta have right. 10. And the point is, your point is, and, and even with your flexibility, Danny, well, even if you have it, well, does that really add more value to your life? Or is it just more digits in a bank account? Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think you're hitting a good, that's a great phrase that I've heard going on with yours, Drew, said, uh, most people spend all their health trying to get wealth and spend all their wealth trying to get their health back, yep. right? And I think that's what you're hitting on that point right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. It is, is finding that sweet spot. And if, I, if the viewers are listening, and I think that's the one thing I would take about from both of you guys is flexibility and freedom. But the, 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 the caveat to that is finding that sweet spot, mm -hmm. knowing where your sweet spot is. Not all of us are on the same path, right? Yeah, Work-life balance is extremely important. Extremely important. And now you guys are moving into the wife, the kid, maybe more kids coming up uh, uh, in the future there. And now all of a sudden, the money that you've acquired is really to help enjoy the time. Yeah, I see so, you guys. I think most of your guys, most of your guys' Facebook, Instagram photos are literally, I think, with your wife and kids. Yeah, it's, and it's, by the way, few and far between because yes, far. there's the other thing to the equation of fame, yeah. which then could end up throwing, you know, cold water on the money and the health because yeah. if you have fame, it totally changes the entire equation. To me, I'd rather not have the fame have the money, the have the health, and just have nobody know who I am. The anonymity. Love it, bro. Yeah. yeah. So My good. son took his, his first steps. It was around like 1.30 or 2 o'clock. In the afternoon? In the afternoon. Yeah. I saw him take his first steps. Just because you were there? I was there. Because you had the money. I had the, the money, money gave that you that flexibility. flexibility to spend more time with my family. And the thing is, that, that. Is priceless. How do you put a price on that? You can't. You know what I mean? You, you can take all the apartment complexes and do a thousand of them, but 
you'll, you can't recreate your son's first step. Exactly. You know what I mean? I yep. think it's that flexibility that's there. All right, guys, man, I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome Thank interview. Thank you guys yeah. so much, man. I got one more thing. Can we get that sign?